Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to help you uh, to get a leg up on this crazy thing called life. Right uh, last few days, we've been trying to give you a leg up on this holiday season. Now, if we could, we'd just tell you where all the deals are, but we, you know, today we're going to talk about shopping, which is the worst thing in the world. If I have one problem with the holiday season, it's shopping. If you could just, I don't know, I don't know. If you, if you could like get on your laptop and go shopping and order stuff, and then they would deliver it to your house, I'd do that all day long. Haven't you heard of a computer and online shopping? Come again? What was that? Does uh, the word Amazon mean anything to you? Yes, a very large woman. Is that Amazon? That's one of them. It's a location in Brazil. It's and a there location you go. in Another, Brazil. Yeah, yeah there's yes, a lot of there's Amazon. There's a river. Yes. yes. Hey, uh, I would use this online shopping thing, but I don't know if you remember. I bought two very large things, and I had four delivered. I'd have kept them. I still I did. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Ixnay on the keeping zemzays. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Pig Latin. Hey, uh, here's the problem. I don't know how to take these things back. Because do I? So I I made it. I purchased something. I don't want to be specific. You call the place where you bought them from, and you say, "Where do I bought them online?" You gave me too many. Well, yeah, but if you go to the there's vendors online. Yes. No, it's a medium. You can send an email. No, you can call them. There is a contact list. Believe me. Adam, I might just keep them. See what happens. <laughs> okay. Another another keep method of box. sending them back is yeah. taking them to the brick uh, and mortar. The brick and mortar. Yeah. Store, yes. My apartment. Uh, oh, there's specifically. A re- yeah. You could take I, one to your apartment. I, I'll, yeah. I'll take one. To I'll mine. take yeah. care of it. Yeah. You, you don't want one of these. Yeah, I do. They're really high tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll take my chances. Me yeah, too. I'll just see. But uh, the thing is, I haven't been charged for two of them. I've been charged for two. Right. I haven't you been have charged four. for two. But I have four. By the way, they're, so from, they're from keep, two different companies. I tell you what, you keep the ones you were charged for, and James and I will take the other two. Will you guys, That's a great idea. Will you guys take the heat? Sure. What heat? Yeah. Will, you, will you take the arrest? I will disavow any knowledge. <laughs> well, at least this just not, arrived on the doorstep. I don't, I don't know, know where it came from. <laughs> at least we're not talking about it Santa on the radio. Santa brought this down the chimney. <laughs> I know I don't have a fireplace, but it came down the chimney. <laughs> this, is why, this is why we don't shop online. Yes. But everything else well, I, is... I shop online. I know. It's been great. I did that this year. Hey, I don't know if you guys heard the news. What? I think I think old St. Nick is in trouble. How? I think he, he keeps getting arrested. Oh, jeez. What was it this time? Well, I don't know if he's actually... They're actually still looking for him, but apparently a man dressed as St. Nick robs a downtown San Francisco bank. Okay. During a SantaCon festival. Uh, Things get tied for everyone, Santa including yeah. Santa. They're yeah. saying it may be Scrooge dressed as Santa. Oh, okay. that's very possible. Yep. But uh, you know, he tiptoed right. Scrooge the, into is the rich wells. enough, though. I don't think he has to go rob a bank. Well, apparently, he's getting his money by robbing banks. I see. But here is some. Here's an update. The guy walks in, uh, you know, wearing Saint Nick garb. 
approached the teller window and with a demand note in hand and gracefully walked away with some cash. Hmm. But if you wanted to know anything about St. Nick, let me give you the description. <laughs> let me get – wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let me see if I can remember – if I can think – This is good. I'm going to read your mind. Yeah, yeah. Try to try I'm guessing to guess. red suit. Yeah. Red hat. Mm-hmm. Um, white beard. Yes. Jolly. Yes. And old. A little plump. Sean, right. you know and too plump. much about this without even seeing it. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. How did you know that? I don't know. That's suspicious. He's also, I don't know if you know this, he's in his 40s or 50s. And he's, do you guys know how tall St. Nick is? 5'11". Uh, five, five yeah. 5'11". That's my height. St. Huh. Nick is my height. Wow. I mean, that's weird. You guys have a lot in common. Interesting thing. His beard is an ill-fitting beard. Oh. According to the FBI photos. Ill-fitting. So what's amazing, um, we're learning a lot about old St. Nick. Apparently, though, there have been crimes carried out on camera from Florida to Australia from the same character. Wow. It's weird. Jeez. He's on a crime spree. So, well, one, you know, he can get around pretty quickly. Yeah. So one thing I would do on Christmas morning, um, I would just, when you get your presents, Handcuffs. I would probably check to make sure your presents weren't stolen. Yeah, make sure Make sure you don't have like a, a yeah. one of those uh, colored money packs. In your, yeah, a dye pack. <laughs> yeah, a dye pack. An exploded dye pack. Why are there <laughs> red handprints all over my presents? I don't know. So anyway, watch out for that. I mean, uh, you know. St. Nick. Who would think? By the way, today we're going to learn about where old St. Nick came from. Yeah. You know, I always thought Christmas was about Christ's birth. Yeah, but there's all sorts of secular stuff that happens nowadays. Well, there's all sorts of secular stuff that happened before Christ's birth. That's true. We're going to find out. We may be participating in a in a scam. Oh, really? Where does Christmas come from? We'll be answering those questions today. There's some other headlines. There's some big news today, Sean. Oh, big news coming out of Washington, actually. Washington, D.C. President Obama announcing plans to normalize diplomatic relations with Cuba. Cuba! Yeah. And ease some some economic restrictions on the nation. Well, on their nation or our nation? On Cuba, because we do have a— Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking we're doing okay. embargo going on. But Obama has instructed Secretary of State John Kennedy to begin discussions immediately with Cuba to reestablish di- di- diplomatic relations. Well, see that I, to me, that's Guantanamo. Isn't Guantanamo mm-hmm. down there? Yeah. See, so they're open up Gitmo. They're going to reopen an embassy in Havana, mm. and they're going to allow some travel and trade that has been banned under a decade-long embargo that was instated during the Kennedy administration. Ooh. See, oil prices are dropping, killing Russia. Now cigar mm-hmm. prices are going to drop, killing Havana. Exactly. This is weird. But it's now going to be open to travel. We can now mm. go to Cuba. Well, I, I can finally get a real Cuban sandwich. Yes. <laughs> I went all the way to Cuba, and I just got this sandwich. <laughs> Perfect. A Cuban president, Raul Castro, says this is great. He I said, bet quote, he likes this. The but- expression is the expression by President uh, Barack Obama deserves the respect and recognition by all the people, and I want to thank and recognize support from the Vatican and especially from Pope Francis for the improvement of relations between Cuba and the United States. Hmm. Maybe this has something to do with Fidel dying a few years ago. Fidel is still alive. Oh, he is. Yes, he's I just thought he not just well. He's oh, I thought he actually did pass. No, no, he he's didn't just pass kind of yet. floating. In the dark. Mm-hmm. I don't think he passed. I think he passed. I don't think so. so, I, he, he, so he gave control of the country over to his brother, though. Uh, so we're going to check that out. Check that out. James is going to look that up. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, there's been, they, they, you know, those aren't, they aren't saints down there. 
They aren't angels. Not necessarily. There's a lot of people no. that have been hurt, messed and up. There's some people by the Castro brothers. Of course, the the Cuban community in uh, Miami and the Florida yeah, area. A lot of people are too. Area. They're not happy. Oh boy. You know what do you do? Well, they're good to go. So he's still he's alive. Still alive. What's he? Uh, what's he doing? Is he wearing those? Uh, jumpsuits, still wearing those yeah. exercise suits? Galoshes. Yeah. He's, That's what they need to do. I think one of the first things we need to bring in to Havana is some new exercise equipment and gear. Well, I'm wondering if you need to go down there and coach the relationship. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. I'm good. But hey, I could take my next cruise there. There you go. See, you've got another mm. another opening for you know taking people on a wow. cruise. Like 11 million people live there. Did you know that? That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people in a little island. It's a small island. (laughs) It's a lot of people. And think of that. That's 11 million exercise suits. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, they all have to look like Fidel. Fidel. He's still alive, huh? He's still alive. Didn't he have like a really bad health scare? He did. Yeah, he he did. And he lived. He lived through it, but he's still not, you know, all well, I don't think. Yeah, that's why in 2008 he gave up the presidency or his role. To his brother. I thought yeah. it was like Kim Jong-un who mm. was just hiding. No. <laughs> but he actually just had gout or something. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, that's good news, I guess, for some. Some people. Others are frustrated. and ticked. But you know what I'm going to guarantee? Uh, Old St. Nick will be hitting Cuba <laughs> and robbing one of their banks. <laughs> be, be on the lookout for Old St. Nick, my friends. You know, we, we think he's just a jolly old man, but he's also apparently – uh, Trouble. Yeah, he, he's he's out there stealing. He's a burglar. Anyway, we got a great well, show he, for you, you know, today. He does go down the chimney into houses. Well, that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to be talking to Bruce Forbes a little bit later to, uh, in the morning. Actually, not in the morning, in a Next. few minutes. Yeah. We're going to talk about Christmas history and uh, lots of other good stuff on the show today. Stick with us, my friends. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Donny Osmond right there. Coming to you from BYU. Donny Osmond. That's cool. I know. It's a stretch. He, uh, yeah, he's Donny. It's my wife's favorite version of this. This is a great song. Mm -hmm. Mary, did you know that uh, maybe some of the things you believe about Christmas aren't actually accurate? Hmm. That's what we wanted to uncover today, and who better to do that than our guest that will be joining us on the phone. Bruce Forbes is on the phone. He's a professor of religious studies at Morningside College. He specializes in religion in America and religion and popular culture, and he's an ordained United Methodist minister, the author of the book Christmas, A Candid History. He's also co-editor of Rapture, Revelation, and the End of Times, and co-editor of Religion and Popular Culture in America. He has his Princeton from uh, the Theological Seminary, Princeton Theological Seminary at Princeton University. PhD. He's the big deal. We're so excited to have him on the show. Bruce Forbes, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, I'm not sure about big deal, but it's a real pleasure to be with you. You're a big deal, Bruce. And you're, and again, you're, you're the founder of Forbes Magazine. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. 
Wouldn't that be great? I know. You wouldn't be on the show today. You'd be partying. (laughs) Hey, Bruce, this was um, this is an interesting topic. And and is this all uh, what we're going to talk about is Christmas, the origin, the date, old St. Nick, all the stories, where this all came from. But is this all in your book then, Christmas, A Candid History? Pretty much, yes. I, it's uh, in a few pages. I mean, I'm, you know how scholars, they write these big, long books, 500 pages <laughs> yeah. or so on? I yeah. intentionally tried to put this in as brief a volume as possible oh, for general readers. Thank you, had, Bruce. When, when people first said, oh, this is interesting, you should write it down, some people said, but I don't want to read a 500-page book. I know. Yeah, I yeah, don't want you to yeah. give me a list of... 12 books I should read if I know about the history of Christmas. There you go. And Just give me the, yeah. Was, uh, one person who said, I'm curious, but I'm not obsessed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a scholar. Yeah. I don't want to study like a scholar, but I do want to know a couple of things like yes. December 25th. It, it, I guess, so that was Christ's birth, right? That's no, the birthday. Probably not. Yeah. The, uh, in fact, I wouldn't say it wasn't. The fact is, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I hope that doesn't blow anybody out of the water. That's not my intention. Yeah. You're, there you go. You ruined it, Bruce. There you go. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you look at the Bible and the biblical passages, there's nothing that tells us uh, the month or the date when Jesus was born. And people, various people over the years, centuries, have tried to figure it out, and they have all kinds of examples or arguments for the spring or November. The the easy answer is we don't know. We don't know. So this idea of the 25th being his birthday, where did that come from, though? It's, uh, we, I wish we had, a, once, once Christians started celebrating Christmas, and we can talk about that because it took yeah. a while. In fact, let's go there. Um, yeah, but when we when they started doing that, I wish we had a document where yeah. some emperor, some pope said, this is the year we're starting, and this is why we chose this date. We don't have that, so we can only guess. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that there were three big midwinter parties going on about that time, and December 25th, one of the parties was the birthday of the sun god and warrior god Mithra, or Mithras. Wow. Um, now, I know that bothers some Christians. Yeah, because that's it, pagan or whatever. Is that is that right. a pagan celebration? Words, it's, a, it's a religion other than Christian. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so why in the world did they do that? Good question. And we everybody's got a guess. I mean, maybe we wanted to cash in on the popularity of that and transform it for Christian purposes. Mm. Uh, maybe we thought things were too wild, and if we did this, it would tame it down. Maybe I mean, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. So, so it really Some people it, cleverly have said maybe it was changing the birthday of the sun god to the birthday of God the sun. Okay, that yeah, the but we don't know. Yeah, the, but you know the implication of that is because there were also two other big winter parties: the Saturnalia. People a lot of a lot of people mention that, and Calends, which is a five day New Year's party. Yeah, it's in the middle of all these winter parties. It means that. When Christians started celebrating Christmas, it was from the very first moment a fusion of a, a day of Christian meaning and a season of winter celebrations. Okay. I mean, the, the reason I make that point is sometimes when people say, oh, you know, I don't like what's happened to, to Christmas, I wish we could go back to the pure spiritual holiday it once was. 
I just don't think it was ever a pure spirituality. It yeah. was always a mixture of a serious Christian purpose and winter party time. It was a, so it, that's interesting. And so we sit here now. I always complain that it's, it's evolved from three winter parties to about seven shopping days. <laughs> Right, like mega yeah. shopping days, yeah. all like colored black, <laughs> Black Friday, yeah. whatever. Uh, and yeah. so, all of a sudden, and I always say, yeah, we just need to get back to the reason of the season. But one of the things you're you're finding in your research is, it was always tainted by other celebrations, right? Yeah, and you know, and in fact, the winter party, I don't mind because I now I live. Part time in Minnesota and part time oh, in Iowa. Yeah, you know winter. Yeah, and and winters are kind of hard to survive. <laughs> you need <laughs> to have so a party. I like you need a party in the middle of winter. You need to have lights. Yeah. I love driving around and seeing the lights. You need to have pretty evergreen decorations. So I'm not bothered by that. I just think we need to find a balance. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's kind of uh, gives assurance to us that if we're struggling with the balance. Um, People have been doing that for almost 2,000 years. Yeah. They have a lot of company. That's right. No, and I, I like that. And I, I like the spirit of the fact that we're still learning. Again, we're talking with Bruce Forbes, who's the author of Christmas, A Candid History. He's teaching us some of the secrets that you may not have known about the Christmas celebration. I guess, too, you know, pagan or not, it, it, it is what you make it. Right, so some are going to just celebrate the holidays. Some are going to separate celebrate the shopping days, and some can celebrate their their God, their Christ. Right, and I think um, you know what's happened now over all these years is that maybe one way to put this is that we've got a cultural Christmas and a Christian Christmas. Mm, there you go. And and I think that's a way to summarize what you've just said. And so some people celebrate the cultural Christmas but they're not so interested in the Christian meanings. Yeah. Christians are very interested in the Christian meanings, but people are celebrating it in all kinds of ways. Right. But, you know, one of the most thought-provoking examples of that that I think about is um, I'm, not, I'm not real well-versed on how is Christmas celebrated in all the different countries of the world, but I do have some friends who've had a lot of experience in Japan, hmm. and they tell me that about half the homes there have Christmas trees. Are you serious? And, wow. And there's a lot of exchange of gifts, and you have lights out, and people buy, you know, go shopping at the Christmas yeah. season. Okay, Japan is about 2% Christian. <laughs> yep. So, cultural. so what are they doing? They're celebrating the cultural Christmas. And sure. Am I supposed to be mad at them because they're not all yeah. doing the Christian part? I well, don't know. Well, every, sun, or every Christmas, my children watch Santa on his sleigh traveling from city to city all over the world. Yeah. And so apparently really it is for some it's cultural for some it's it's Christian. Talk about the why then so if we know it's not necessarily tied to the birth of Christ, why did why did the Christians not celebrate Christmas for centuries after yeah, Christianity and, was started yeah, or founded? It, I mean it wasn't forever but it did come late. It took at least 2 centuries, maybe into three centuries before Christians started celebrating Christmas. That's hmm. a big surprise for a lot of people, yeah. because for most of us, what are the two big Christian you know, celebrations of the year? It's Christmas and Easter. That's right. Well, for the early Christians, it was Easter, Easter, Easter. It was all about the death and resurrection of Christ. That yeah. was the focus. And it's only later that they started to feel it was important to have an annual day for 
the birthday of Jesus. And, I mean, think of what we've already said, too. If you're going to have a birthday party for someone, it would help to know the date. (laughs) And we did know the date. Yeah, make it up, make it up. (laughs) Yeah, there's also another sidelight on that, in that when the early Christians were celebrating a particular day for a person, in the early years, they celebrated when the martyrs were persecuted in the Roman Empire. They celebrated when they died. So like a special saint's day or martyr's day was when they died. And birthdays were not such a big thing for the Christians. They thought that was what the pagans did. Interesting. And and there's one early Christian writer, a guy whose name was Origen, which is kind of a strange name. (laughs) But Origen said, you know, if you look at the Bible... There are only two birthday parties in the Bible, and in both cases, someone got killed. <laughs> so why is that something we would want to do? There you go. That's a good but origin they, right there. Yeah. After a couple of centuries, they changed their mind about that. Well, it, it, it is. Uh, it's fascinating, um, especially just, you know, we grow up, and I think really maybe what it is is if you're not actively involved in Christianity or a religion— and you're not studying and learning, then this really is the whole holiday ends up being so cultural. You're being taught about the culture of it through the media, through, you know, the Coca-Cola ad or through just, you know, so it it really, it's interesting because a lot of these stories will fall to the, to the wayside if we don't keep learning about them. Let's do this, Bruce, let's take a break and come back. And when we come back, I'd love you to, to maybe just kind of bring us up to date about the Puritans and, some Americans and who chose maybe to try to repress Christmas a little bit. And then I want to know what brought back the, the resurgence to Christmas and back to popularity. We're going to continue this discussion, my friends, uh, you know, helping us understand where Christmas really came from, its history, its origins. Talk a little bit more about old St. Nick. He's not just a, a thief in San Francisco anymore. He's all over the place. More right here on the Matt Townsend Show up next after this break on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, another day of holiday celebrations. Today we are trying to uncover some of the surprises, maybe some of the mysteries around uh, this great date, December 25th, apparently. You know, probably not the day of Christ's birth. Sounds crazy. We didn't know that. But uh, we've got a great scholar and expert here helping us learn more about just really how Christmas came to be. If you have a question for him, we'd love to get your calls. 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, or tweet us at BYU Radio. We'll ask your question to our expert, Bruce Forbes, who is a professor of religious studies at Morningside College. He's an ordained United Methodist minister and the author of the book Christmas, A Candid History, He um, also uh, specializes in his studies in religion in America and religion and popular culture. Bruce, welcome back to the show. Thank you. This is fun. This is way fun. And I want you to talk about uh, Old St. Nick for us. So where did, okay, so how on earth did Old St. Nick get hooked into this whole thing? 
Well, first of all, St. Nicholas, who was an historical figure, although there's so much mixture of legend and history, yeah. we're not sure which is which, but there was such a figure who was a bishop in Turkey in the 300s, and he ends up being called a saint, and I think we don't have time to tell all these wonderful legends about him, <laughs> but he became a very popular saint in Europe, and I think because he was portrayed kind of as a guardian angel, it was a kind of the protector of almost everybody, and they loved him. And his, again, it's the date of the death of the person. His death date was December 6th. Okay. So it was not on Christmas, but it was in the Close. preparation yeah. time for Christmas. And so when we morph St. Nicholas into Santa Claus, even the date kind of migrates across the month and gets yeah. to Christmas. Well, apparently we're uh, finding uh, out the dates uh, don't matter, do they? Yeah. It's just a general way, celebration. The Dutch, for instance, who still have celebrations about St. Nicholas, uh -huh. they have St. Nicholas Day on the 6th, and then they have Christmas on the 25th, See? and most uh. of the presents are on the 6th. See, that's the Dutch. They're smart. Yeah, yeah. They're spreading but, it out. Um, but when he comes to the United States, sometimes people have said, oh, I hear that Coca-Cola yeah. created Santa Claus or whatever. Uh, in my book, I try to lay out six stages, and I know we don't yeah. have time to go well, through Well, let's go. Get, yeah, just get into them. It's one person after another who changes St. Nicholas a little, and one of the persons is Washington Irving, huh. who wrote, you know, Rip Van Winkle, yeah. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I think one of the most interesting is Clement Moore, who wrote, he's kind of in the middle of this morphing, who wrote the fam famous poem we know, or maybe he did, there's a dispute about who wrote it, The Night Before Christmas, yeah. which... You know, you have to say it's probably the best-known poem in the English language. Right. My kids have that memorized. Because the way to test that is just be with anybody and say, "'Twas the night before Christmas, right. and everybody can repeat the next line, so you know <laughs> it's famous." That's right. The, the thing that's interesting about that poem is that it does not reflect understandings of Santa at the time. It's helping create Santa. Interesting. Um, up until that time... Uh, Santa with a team of reindeer? No such thing. Yeah, where did that helps, come from? <laughs> helps create that. Yeah. And it's the poem that helps move the date from December 6th to December 25th. And But yet, in that poem, even though I... If you look at children's, uh, let's say, storybooks, the Santa who's pictured in the... You know, along with the poem, looks like today's Santa. Yeah. He really wasn't. He's only partly morphed. What, you know one of the biggest surprises there? What? If you listen to the poem, Santa in there is an elf. Oh. Because it says a jolly old elf. Yeah. It says a miniature sleigh, a <gasps> tiny reindeer. Uh -huh. Because the early, earliest conceptions when he the St. Nicholas started to morph is that he was first an elf, and then he kind of grew bigger yeah. over time. As did, by the way, the entire American population. Yeah, yeah, by the We've way. We've all gained weight. But, you know, the <laughs> elf thing makes more sense because then he could get into every house. Chimneys, wouldn't it? Yeah. This is, this is actually, I, I remember thinking that. That's how he sneaks in. He's an elf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but then, but then that's a problem because elves can't carry presents because <laughs> the presents yeah, are bigger than the that. the big ones we want, right? That's, that's right. So, yeah, so that there, I mean, so so this poem kind of helps change St. Nicholas into Santa Claus. And a little later, there's a very famous picture over the radio. I can't show it to you, but Thomas Nast has this drawing of Santa that every one of us have seen, and that helps change our image. Is that like the, the, the rosy-cheeked Santa? Right, who, who's got, in that picture, he's... 
he looks like he has scratchy long underwear more than the <laughs> yeah. modern. But yeah, Anna. yeah, you know. But everybody's kind of seen that. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. The reason we say Coca-Cola is because of after all these six or so stages of morphing, the people who kind of froze Santa in stone. So if I say Santa Claus, I know what your picture in your mind. Mm -hmm. It's Coca-Cola that did that. Right. Because for about 30 years, they had this advertising campaign and they associated Santa with Coke. This makes sense because if people are going to be most likely to drink coca-cola in the summer and you want to have more sales in the winter interesting let's have let's have this campaign to have people keep thinking about Mm coca-cola and by the way and santa has already become he was a whole bunch of colors he's now becoming more and more just red and white this is handy yeah because santa is red and white and what are the colors of coca-cola coca-cola red red and and white so for about 30 years, you had an artist named Haddon Sunblum who created one, two, or three new paintings a year that were on billboards and cutouts and magazine advertisements. And so the 30-year cumulative impact of that helped kind of freeze the image of, our, of Santa Claus into our minds. So he, Coca-Cola polished up Santa Claus and kind of fixed him in place for yeah. the way we see him now. It's interesting because this morphing you're talking about, it really was the storytellers, right? It's the writers, it's the and it's the artists, it's the yeah. marketers. So it, yeah. it, it tells you a lot about how we pass along um, tradition and iconic, you know, lore. We we pass it through our stories and our pictures. And our traditions, and it just yeah. it just keeps going. And yet, even if it's not, which I guess the same thing. I mean, you're a United Methodist minister. We could do the same thing with Christ and God. If we want Christ more in Christmas, we probably need to keep talking about that and right. keep holding those stories out. Right. That's great. And that's why. Yeah, I don't, you know, here here we're kind of maybe dispelling ideas that some people had. I'm not interested in blowing Christmas out of the water. Right, no. I well, love, this is great history. I love the messages. Yeah. I love the stories. and But it is true that sometimes the stories don't have to be literally true yeah. in order to move me. I I don't know if you've ever heard of the, um, I guess, an operetta called A Mall and the Night Visitors, uh-uh. which was uh, an early operetta. It was on television and then it's been done in a lot of community theaters about a shepherd boy who's going to go, wants to go see the baby Jesus. And um, it, it, the, to ruin the story, he ends up being healed. of his, He's not a crippled boy anymore. Huh. I, I watch that operetta, and I cry every time I watch it. Now, was there a boy named Amal? Yeah. No, there wasn't. Who cares, right? But, yeah, but this is about the kind of the the meaning of what it meant that Christ was born on earth. Uh, yeah, and heals. It, that still has power, even if we've gotten caught up in some things that where the history would surprise us. I love that. And I guess in Tiny Tim, likewise, and Scrooge. and right. um, it's uh, Talk, I guess, teach us a little bit more just about how it's become so dominant. How How has Christmas culturally... I mean, it's it's a big deal. I guess maybe now it's being sustained by um, by the marketers. But I, I just saw a really great audio or video on YouTube about the the lar- the biggest nativity that was put uh-huh. together by all the online, you know, the the big names in the YouTube world. 
And uh-huh. it's just fantastic. It, but it's, it's again, kind of putting Christ back in the center of it. Um, but maybe just give us a little more well, insight into what you're I, seeing culturally. And can I say that? You know, it's interesting how this story uh, initiates so much creativity on the part of people. Yeah. And even if some of our creativity, oh, it leads to songs about the animals at the manger singing to each other and <laughs> so on. Yeah. The creati- I see that creativity as kind of the gift that various Christians are offering to the baby Jesus. I, I love mean, that. The creativity isn't a bothering thing to me. It, I just think mm-hmm. we shouldn't rigidify it and make it into arguments where people yeah. understand it a little differently than I do. Yeah, and excludes uh, everybody. Yeah, let's keep the generosity and let's keep the kind of love that's supposed to flow yeah. from rather than all the battles that some people seem to want to have. No, I think that's that's a great way to look at it. Um, how do, As we just kind of wrap it up, how do you balance the craziness of Christmas with all of, and just kind of just, and some of the oddities of it, how do you keep Christ and and kind of the truer meaning of it alive in your heart? Well, as I've already said, I don't really, I'm not negative about the winter parties. I just want to remember the It's a party. That's right. Well, yeah. But one suggestion I have is that the 12 days of Christmas, they don't end on Christmas Day. They start on Christmas Day. The 12 days of Christmas in the traditional calendar are start on Christmas Day and they go to Epiphany, which is January 6th, Hmm. when the wise men show up. Those are the 12 days of Christmas. You know, if you you thought, oh, in this time leading up to Christmas, I'm losing the Christian meaning, what if you tried, because this is one thing I do, what if you tried this give special attention in those 12 days between December 25th and January 6th to reflecting on the Christian meaning. Oh, that's neat. You don't have as many distractions then. Yeah. No. Do you notice the radio stations that play Christian music for 24 hours a day, they stop sometimes noon on Christmas Day. (laughs) Done. That's right. Everything stops. So if you don't want the other distractions, start thinking about that Christian meaning on Christmas Day. Keep it up till January 6th. You'd have a very special time. Yeah, and, and it would, and you'd be different. It would be different. Yes, you know, because I mean, that's usually that's usually the eighth celebration of the of purchasing, where you take everything back and turn <laughs> yeah, it that in. Comes in the middle. There. Yeah. That's true. But what's powerful yeah. is I, I had no idea the twelve days of Christmas. They've always in my world gone up to the day, and then yeah, I've yeah. never heard of the other. That's fantastic. And then the, I don't know if we have time for yeah, one we other do. point. But I, uh, the other thing I feel strongly about is that when, when we approach Christmas, let's say Thanksgiving or now even earlier than that, so many of us just go on autopilot. It's like, well, it's the season, so I have to do this and this and this. Yeah. And I think we have to realize that as human beings and whatever our orientation is to all this stuff, we can make choices. Yeah. And the, the wise thing would, to do would be to reflect on the last, let's say, five or six Christmases you've had, or all of them in your life, and say, ask yourself, what in that meant the most to me, and what was kind of a burden and didn't do much for me? Mm. Well, then, here's a, here's a simple suggestion. Do more of what <laughs> meant a lot to you. That's right. And maybe so there's other things you felt obligated to do, you don't have to do them. Oh, duh. Isn't that like Duh. Just like, but all of a sudden, I mean, I, I we call that a post mortem, where go figure out what worked, and yeah. then do more of what worked and what yeah. didn't work. Let's just do less of that. It just seems like a no brainer. And I think few of us give 
give the time to that reflection before we kind of plunge into the season. Yeah, I I think it's beautiful. Wow, I so appreciate it, Bruce, and I appreciate your work. This is uh, this is something we can't lose sight of, can we? Uh, well, I think it's important. Yeah, I to, do too. To understand where things happen, it allows me not to sugarcoat everything, but to be realistic and to understand people who see things differently than I do. Yep. Beautiful. And yeah, let's let's make a broader, a more open Christmas season that lets more people in or holiday season, Hanukkah, all of them. Um, Let me uh, just again suggest everybody go get your book, Christmas, A Candid History. Uh, Where can they get that, Bruce? Well, it's uh, it's available on, you know, the sites people go to. Okay. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. It's been out a few years, so it may not be just sitting on the bookshelf. You might have to order it, but yeah. it's available all the regular places. Appreciate you, Bruce Forbes. Happy holidays to you. Great talking with you. You Thank too. You Take much. care, Merry my friend. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Great stuff. Wow. There's just a cool spirit. Just sometimes it's good to just know the truth. You know, illusions are great. That's why I've been meaning to talk to James about his girlfriend. Somebody's got to let him in on the secret. She's not real. Cute as it can be, but not real. Uh, We'll be back. Actually, James and Monica, they're real. They're great. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the discussion about Christmas, giving you the tools, the stuff you need, my friends, to, uh, to have a healthy, happier life. When we come back, more right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Outside. I gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening is big. Hoping that you dropped so in. Very nice. hold your hand. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, that's a cool song, too. This brings Christmas back to me. And we've got Merritt here on microphone. So I'm thinking, Merritt, do you want to just sing the duet with me? Uh, no, thank you. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. Well, thank you for being honest. Okay. Yeah. Not leading me on. I'll sing it with you, Matt. Uh, let's just move right along. <laughs> I, I'd love to sing it with you too, James. Okay. But let's just do it off the air. <laughs> hey, um, one of the fun things about Christmas, because we just found out it's a global thing. I don't know if you guys knew this. It's all over the country. It's all over the world. It's definitely all over the world. I mean, I, I, it's, it was in Argentina when I lived there. It was in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, it was in... Brazil. Brazil. Yep. It was in London. It was in London. Very fun in London. We're, we've traveled. As far oh, as the show us. goes, we're a very well-traveled show. We've all lived abroad. It's true. Right? Some yeah. more abroad than others. Is that a reference to... You're abroad. <laughs> Merit's abroad. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Wow. Did you know how slow it took to get that drum beat up, that drum going? <laughs> we were not prepared for that. I know. I just made it up on the fly. Um, here's the deal, Merit. You've done some research for us. I have. And uh, apparently they even have Christmas in Siberia. Yeah. Um, we had some some fun stuff going on um, in the other shows on BYU Radio. And on the Kim Power Stilson show, last week uh, they did an interview with Emily Brown, who is— Downtown uh, Emily Brown? No. Okay. Emily Brown, she works for um, a different area of BYU Radio, and she— uh, recently has returned from Siberia. She was doing a service mission there for the last oh, cool. um, year and a half. And so she was talking to Kim about 
uh, Christmas traditions, and they uh, talked a little bit basically about how cold it gets there, usually in the negative 40s. Siberia. They talked about how, you know, how cold it was and how much, you know, clothing she had to wear, which is pretty crazy. And then they moved on to talking about the traditions of Christmas. So tell me as you, as it started getting colder and you started coming towards Christmas, of course you're going to miss your family and traditions yeah. at home. What traditions did you like there and, and how were they different? And, mm-hmm. you know, could you share those? So um, an interesting thing about Christmas in Russia is that, um, so during the Bolshevik Revolution, when Russia officially became an atheist state, um, they outlawed Christmas trees and outlawed, um, a, like, Christmas celebrations. Why? Um, I, I think it was because because the state um, of Russia became officially atheist, and um, they wanted to like divorce you know themselves from from uh, Christianity. Um, and then I think around the 1930s, um, people started doing like they kind of like transferred the Christmas traditions to New Year's. Mm. So they had like New Year's trees and um, uh, Grandfather Frost, I guess you could call him, um, their their Santa Claus figure became an emblem of New Year's instead. They moved like a lot of things over. And then um, in the 90s, Christmas was reinstated and became like a, a holiday. But um, like when it was reinstated, it, it um it was pretty solely Christian, and it's actually kind of cool because on Christmas, which is on which is on January seventh, it's uh, by the Orthodox calendar. Um, they just like they'll have dinner with their family and attend a Christmas mass at the Orthodox church. Um, it's like a really like it's I think it's more focused on Christ, which I think is cool because it, it really divorces the commercialism that like frustrates a lot of people um, from like the meaning of Christmas. Um, and and did you see any commercialism there? Yeah, I mean, a lot, there's lots of commercialism associated with uh, with new with the new year, the of new course, year you know. Yeah, so they'll they'll you know they'll like you know just like buying presents, you know, it just becomes about like advertisements featuring Santa Claus and um, well, in Russia they've got Santa Claus, they've got Grandfather Frost or Santa Claus, um, and then his granddaughter, her name is Snegurochka, which is like it's kind of a word related to a snowflake. Um, it's like a little you know she's like a snow princess person. Um, so they'll be like they'll be, they're the two emblems of Christmas that you'll see on billboards and at all the stores. I mean, I don't mind it. I love Christmas things showing up anywhere. So, like, I thought it was really cool. Um, was it an adjustment for you to go from the traditions you had with your family to to this change? Yeah, dates? it was. It was just really. It was really hard just to be without them. Um, I. Th- I mean, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't super jarring to have it be like Christmas happening on New Year's instead, just because it's like it's around like the same time. Like everything looked really Christmassy. Probably felt all relative. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> You're all on an adventure anyway. Yeah, so it's all it's all going to be different regardless. But yeah. So what about Christmas or New Year's? You know, holiday foods. Let's say was, mm-hmm. was it different than here? I mean, is the tur- do yeah. they have a roast turkey or roast ham or they'll do? Yeah, they'll do it like more Russian style. Like I mean, they'll but yeah, they'll do like a roast and um. But I mean, I j- just like everything is like more Russian. So like they'll do like their Russian potato dishes. Like Russian food a lot of the time involves a lot of dill, like um, fried dill. breads, dill, like the, the seasoning. Okay. Yeah. Like tons of dill. That's like pickled like, dill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they'll do a lot of pickled things too, actually, because uh, yeah, they're really into like pickling tomatoes and, and pickles generally. I feel like I almost wonder if those come from Russia. I actually don't know. Um, but Ooh, they're, yeah, but they do that. Um, yeah. And all kinds of like pastries and, um, but they, yeah, they're really into doing the fried bread, kind of like I talked about before. 
Fried bread. That's mm-hmm. right. That's with the stuff in it. Yeah, the, yeah. Sweet or savory. Yeah, pietroszki or bulichki. So, and then do they, I guess, so you don't have a Christmas Eve because that's New Year's Eve. Yeah, so that's all, New Year's Eve. It's all different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. I'm, I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that that's, was super yeah, interesting. They you're don't, thrown into that. Yeah. They have Christmas at a completely different time and under a completely yeah. different pretense with different uh, kind of a new Santa Claus figure. And lots of dill. Lots of dill in their food. Dill. And a pickled food, which actually brings us to my uh, second weird tradition that we can talk about. Pickled dill? That is No, it's a tradition called the Christmas pickle, which I had never heard. I've yes. only heard about once before. Um, I've been in a Christmas pickle. <laughs> Have you been in one, James? Yeah. Do I buy this or do I buy this? Do I buy knives or a ring? <laughs> That's Which quite do I buy? Pickle. Which do I buy? What yeah. a pickle. Anyway, it's a very old tradition where a pickle ornament is hidden on the tree, and then the person who can first find yeah. the ornament gets a extra present on Christmas. A That's the rule. And so- this the tradition nobody exactly knows where it comes from it um people talk about it coming from both spain and germany but it's kind of bizarre and so we i just think that that's pretty fun on to... my mom's tree and i could never figure I out what and that, that was, was about thing. i keep i kept seeing uh like people saying oh i got these cute pickle ornaments like, why would you do that that's weird but, yeah i didn't know so and then one. you if you find the pickle but it seems like do is it like an elf on the shelf where the pickle is moving around the house no it's just on the tree. So it's a static pickle. <laughs> it's just the pickle just ornament. It sits there. Cool. Yeah. Another interesting tradition comes from the Ukraine, which is on their Christmas trees, they often put spider webs. Ooh. Yeah. And this is based on a folk tale that says um, that it's about a poor family who woke up on Christmas morning. And because they were so poor, they didn't have anything on their Christmas tree. But when they woke up, there was a spider and they had put all of their silvery um, web all over the tree to decorate it. Really? Yeah, because they were a good family and stuff. So that is something that That's cute. is on a lot of Christmas trees. I and once put one of my sister's underclothes <laughs> on our uh, tree. Yeah. But I'm that was sure just a little brother that. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, uh, my favorite one that I, my favorite new tradition that I learned about was um, from Austria and kind of some of those uh, Germanic countries, and it is the tradition of Krampus. Oh, boy. Yeah, Krampus is pretty awesome. So that is basically the counterpart to Santa Claus. The basically Santa Claus comes and he rewards the good children, but Krampus comes and punishes the bad yes. children. Isn't that where you grab your side and you've got Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> sure. No. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it's really Hold fun. On. So there's he, a good. So there's a good. There's Santa a good Santa, and, a bad and then there Santa. and then there is this little devil a who dark comes Santa. and he he punishes the children who have done badly that year. Yeah, he puts <laughs> and, them in a sack and beats them with a stick. Yeah, that's and the so, chitty chitty bang yeah, bang. Some guys. people still that's the celebrate this. They 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 get in they get in there. Uh, they get in costumes and they like will do like Krampus parties and stuff. He's, oh my heavens! Oh, picture. he, he has, is like a long evil. tail. Goat and a feet, long time, and he's shoving a kid into a bag. Yes, because he's going to go take them away to the black forest. Krampus so, is dark. There you go. It is pretty dark, but I thought that was a really funny little tradition that we could talk about. Jolly old Saint Krampus elf. That is. Those are great traditions, Merritt. Except for the dark one. <laughs> Watch out for Krampus, you guys. He's scary. Hey, we're going to take a break, but guess what? We're going to go uh, via phone. And sneak in on Meg Conley and see what she's doing to create family traditions and the family spirit in her home. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. Today we have been talking about, you know, the traditions of Christmas, the the real story. We like to get you to the rest of the story. Paul Harvey. And, uh, you know, we just learned about Krampus, which, uh, you know, in Alpine countries, it's the dark side of Christmas. It's the mean Horrible, I don't even know what you call it, creature, beast-like creature. Mr. Grinch? It's worse than Grinch. Really? And he he handles the misbehaving children. Ooh. So, what we've decided so to do. So he's got my kids. Speaking <laughs> of misbehaving children, we are going to go visit who better than Meg Conley? From the great website MeganProgress.com, uh, one of our favorite contributors of all time. But we're also trying to um, ch- we're trying to check in and see what Meg is doing for Christmas. So, Meg Conley, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Matt. How are you? Um, I'm o- I'm okay. I got in a car accident last night. What? So, so I'm on my way to the doctor right now. You're kidding me. I'm not. And this is what I'm doing for Christmas. Well, by the way, happy holidays. Thank you. And I'm moving Saturday, so I have to finish packing and moving everything, but I can't move my arm because something happened to my back in a car accident. Holy Hello. cow. Merry Christmas. Meg. I know. So Meg is in regress.com. Yeah, yeah. Meg. Work. I know. You know what, Meg? You need to slow down. Literally. Like you're, <laughs> did, hold on. So did, did, one of the, did one of the Lexi... The Lexum? Yeah. Did one of the Lexum get destroyed? Yeah, well, not destroyed. I got to say, Lexus, like, it held its own. Oh, the, yeah. car, the car accident wasn't my fault. I was, there were three cars involved, and I was in the front. But the, so the you caused, cars, you, you ca- yeah. Yeah, I got the brunt of the two cars, but yeah. the other two cars were totaled, and the oh. Lexus might pull through. We're going to see. Oh, it's kind <laughs> of good and bad news. <laughs> but you're, are you okay? Uh, yeah, You totally. can't move I your arms. Stuff. No, well, I can't. It just really hurts. Like, like right now, I'm not joking. I stopped by my mom's house to drop off my girls to go to the doctor, and I'm, like, laying on the floor with, like, the phone up to my ear so that I wow. can talk to you because it hurts to hold the phone up. <laughs> Meg. <laughs> oh, Meg. This is sad. Yeah. And I thought, I have to finish packing, so I'm just going to go to the doctor and be like... How do you pack without whatever? your arms? Well, I'm just going to tell him to give me, like, whatever his strongest, like, oh. stuff is. Yeah, just give drugs. power through. Just, you know what? Use your mouth. Right. Well, I mean, like, they have to be able to, like, figure out, as long as there's not too much pain, like, right? Yeah. They have some kind of, like, horse tranquilizer or something they can give me. Yeah, but you you don't you, you don't want your speech slurred. Uh, well, it generally is anyways, Matt. Let's, let's be honest. That, that's a good point. <laughs> hey, you know, it would have been great. Hey, next time, can we do this when you're on that pill? Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'd pay big money to listen. I actually went to a job interview once after I had taken a lot of Benadryl. Yeah. And I, let's just say I did not get the job. <laughs> but I imagine that they know what I would sound like on a horse drink line. Yeah. <laughs> so are, other than moving and, and, you know, nearly dying. Right. <laughs> how, how's your Christmas going? Uh, good. Honestly, Matt, like, so good. I, I think that... 
like last night, for example, we got in an accident, and there were three parties involved, like the one who caused it, and then the two of us. Yeah. The the person who caused it was just super apologetic. Like very few people want to wreck a car, right? And yeah, no, right. And so the 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 third party, the one who um was also uh hurt, uh was was yelling and calling names and so upset and. I just kept thinking, this isn't the worst night I've had this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the, the guy who was so upset and yelling turned to me, and he's like, I'm just so sorry that you you have to go through this. I can't believe that you're not tipping this guy off. And I was like, I just feel really bad for him. I was like, I'd give him a hug if I could. I was like, why don't you just hug him? You'd feel better. <laughs> Did you say? I thought the guy, I thought the guy was going to deck me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> he was pretty mad. You're <laughs> like, why don't you hug him? I can't lift my arms. <laughs> I can't lift my arms. Like, like, it's all good to love your fellow man. Like, I just felt so much blessed for everyone last night. Like, we're constantly crashing into one another, right? Yeah. Like, literally, Figuratively. Yeah. metaphorically. Yeah. Like, and all you can do is hug the person that ran into you. And if you can lift your you. arms. Right, right. I could, like, nuzzle. I could, like, nuzzle <laughs> with my nose right now. <laughs> Are you rooting? You're rooting with your nose into some guy's chest so that just hit you. I, I have to tell you, I got BYU Broadcasting sent me a little Christmas package today. They did? And, yeah, and it was full of truffles. What? Yeah. Do they not know? Wow, I didn't get one of those. It wasn't signed by you, though. It was only signed by the bigwigs. Maybe uh, they're, like, sending me a message. Well, maybe, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> maybe I'm not a bigwig anymore. I was maybe so I was never happy. a bigwig. Maybe you were never big quick. I was so happy to get Box of Trouble. They seriously started crying like when the FedEx guy gave it to me. Did like, you really? Okay? And I'm like, I just this is so nice. Can you put one in my mouth? <laughs> yeah, I can't Can you unwrap mouth. it and put it in my mouth? <laughs> you know, but really and truly, Christmas has just been I just feel a lot of love for everyone. I hope everyone's feeling so much love. I am. I'm feeling right? your love. Yeah. I I'm glad I sent you the truffles. You didn't, Matt. I expect something even bigger from you than truffles. Like some sort of like coupon to a burrito place or something. Really? Yeah. I, I, I bring, I, I pick your game up every week. No, you totally do. <laughs> By the way, you know what? I was thinking about you the other day. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Krampus? No, that's not very nice. No, have you heard of Krampus? I have. Well, I mean, I heard of it on your radio program just now. Oh, you've been listening. Oh, well, no, I listened to your intro. Oh, that's weird. I can't listen to the radio because my ears were hurt so bad in the crash. So. Yeah. Your ears. Your ears. It was weird. Anyway, because um, you're a writer. Yeah. I mean, ish. And yes, um, sure. you're a blogger, and you write, you're, you're, and you're writing a book, and you're talented. But you're cr- Krampus is just wrong. So tell me. I, He's I a beast-like creature. Uh-huh. From the folklore of the Alpine countries, thought to punish okay. children during the Christmas season who have misbehaved. Okay, so this is like an interesting thing because you know how we're taught that Santa Claus brings toys, yeah. whether you're like depending on if you're naughty or nice, right? Right. So I've kind of changed that folklore because that doesn't make him that different from Krampus, right? Right. Well, it's well, he's the, the he's the good nature. Krampus. He's kind of except for if you're bad, he brings you coal. They talk about terrorizing children, right? Well, it's different. Cole's different than being stuffed in a bag and carried into the dark forest. Not if you're a kid who woke up hoping to get, like, a Barbie or something. Look, when you can move your arms, call me. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'm just sitting in our house. I've changed the folklore. What you is it? This crazy stuff, no matter what, because he loves you, and people who love you just follow through. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. So you're just trying to keep like um, a trustworthy Saint Nick. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of the reason that especially religious people get so excited about Santa Claus is they like his giving nature and the reflection of the atonement, right? Right, right. Like, and so I feel like we're loved no matter what. You are. And we, we get taken care of no matter what. Like, that's a accurate reflection of what we're trying to teach our kids about absolute charity. I love that. So, but it's tough because you can't use it to threaten them during the year. Yeah, that's what, like, that's what the elf on the shelf is for. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me into that. That teaches kids <laughs> to accept a police state. <laughs> oh, you read the article. That was on our show a couple of days ago. Yeah, I read that article, and I was so fired up because I'm like, I straight up have been saying this for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. The elf on the shelf gets us to accept the police state. That's right. When it first came out, I was like, I do, I do not feel like this is ethically sound. And my husband's like, you're crazy. <laughs> yes, Meg. I'm sure George Orwell started the elf on the shelf. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it seem like something out of 1984, oh, totally, though? Totally. I'm not even joking. Well, you know what? Honestly, you probably could have used an elf on your back shelf of your car. Anything. Because anything. you would have oh then, you know, I would have paid to see that whole thing go down. Are you okay, though? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I'll would be Would more okay. truffles help? Uh, yeah, I think more truffles, Matt. <laughs> Do you have somebody to unwrap them? Yeah, Riley will unwrap them for me after we move. No, I'm good. I was worried because Vi- Viola was in the car with me, but oh. she seemed... She doesn't seem like she was hurt as badly as I was. Well, so she's, I think that we'll be moving well, forward. She, how, old is, how old is Viola? Three. Yeah, she's really tough. like rubber, right? Like, yeah. she's tough. <laughs> she's tough. But, um, but you're like a ragdoll. Did you like ragdoll all over the car? I, I did. I did. I hit my head so hard. <gasps> what did you hit your head on? I think you know. I think it was the back. I think it was just the back seat. Yeah. The like the. But I can't remember. Like I can't remember like what it was like when we got hit. Okay, so concussion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know what we use in our car? There, there's these belt things, and you pull them over I your shoulder. You were? I would never. I totally was. Good. Man. It was just super hard. I know, but to think, also the ends well. Well, to think that we almost lost you. You would have felt really bad, because we, we, we were supposed to take over the world. Well, we still are. Good. Good. That's what I like to hear. Well, that's. I mean, that's if you can move your arms. Right, right. Well, no, for radio, you don't need to move your arms. You can uh, turn the on button for me, like, so that I can talk. Oh, that would be perfect. That. You know what? Yeah. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because then I could always be in charge of your you voice. You can turn it off anytime you want it. Sounds oppressive. <laughs> Meg, we love you. I-, I hope your neck's okay. And your head. Thank you. Me too. And your arms. My head, my head was never in great shape, right? So. <laughs> no, it used to be great. It used to be sharp. Big. I think it can take a pounding. Well, and with all that, when, that, when you lost all that hair, you can see all the you can see all the bumps and everything. All right, you have to be nice because for all we know, I'm going to go in and he'll be like, "Oh my gosh, now I have to take off your arms," and you're going to feel really bad. What if he's like, "Oh my gosh, who cut your hair? <laughs> your hair looks like Matt Townsend's." Oh, that would be pathetic. Meg, That's we bad. love you. Happy holidays. Uh, give Happy your family holidays. a kiss, and um, hey, I surely will. Save me some truffles that I sent you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll bring you one. Okay. I'll, I'll bring Sean three, though. Rude. <laughs> Happy holidays, Merry girlfriend. Christmas, guys. Be good. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow. Nobody told me she was in an accident. God, that could have gone. I hadn't heard until she just said it. That could have gone sideways. I, I yeah. could have been joking, and she could, you know, she might. She's about to find out from the doctor. Yeah, let's hope everything's all right.
Say a prayer for Meg Conley. Meg in progress. And uh, when we come back, guess what? We're going to go shopping with a pro. We're going to talk to Megan Moore, who's a full-on pro. She's going to teach us how to not uh, lose our mind when we have to go shopping for other people. This is the Matt Townsend Show, giving you the tools for the holiday season. Keep your sanity alive. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back. Appreciate uh, Meg Conley singing this song for us. Yep. That girl loves hippopotamus. Uh, that's Gayla Peavy. Anyway, speaking of peeves, um, I have a peeve, a pet peeve, that we've brought an expert in to solve this problem for me. Megan Moore is in the house. Megan owns her own hair salon, Moore Hair Design in Salt Lake City. And is the writer behind the award-winning beauty blog, thebeautysnoop.com, which this year, by the way, was named the Beauty Blog of the Year by Allure Magazine. Also, I'm just going to add another, uh, you know, another wonderful celebration. It's, uh, we're going we're gonna to also name her the Beauty Blog of the Year by The Matt Townsend Show. Ooh, I like it. Thank you. Uh, by the way, known Megan for our beauty tips on the show. Yes, thank you. We're uh, big into that. <laughs> Megan is the mother of two daughters, loves to golf, play tennis, and travel as much as possible with her husband. Yes, sir. That's when you're not working. Yeah. I don't get to travel as much as I'd like to. I used to travel a lot more. Did but, you? None of yeah. us get to travel like that, like it's, we used to. It's hard, but it's, one day I'll get it back. I um, always say that. You're sporting a shirt. Yeah. You can sit with me. Yes. Explain. Well, a few years ago, I guess it was about 10 years ago, yeah. the movie Mean Girls came out. Yes. And in one of the scenes, the kids are in uh, the lunch tables at, in, at high uh-huh. school. And one of the kids has a shirt on that says, you can't sit with right. us. And it was huge. And it like kind of went viral. There was a lot of brands that came out with kind of similar campaigns and other shirts that went around that said, you can't sit with us. And it was kind of a big deal. And I don't know. It just kind of promoted that stupid high school click yeah. thing. Yeah. Kind of bugged me. And, and like a few months ago, I was in New York and I found this shirt that <laughs> said you can sit, sit with, with me. me and i thought you know what i'm gonna wear that because i'm sick of the mean girls mentality See? and i thought you're you bringing know the good spirit back yeah and i thought i'm gonna not be a mean girl how about we start to be kind ladies instead at a girl and that's so, not a mean girl an inclusive girl yep and a kind i i feel like and then instead of being a girl let's be a lady let's be please let's be a grown-up and uh tell be james kind. this james be kind. <laughs> do you listen you listening yeah because yeah, that's one of the first things you said when she came in you're like megan's i love your shirt mm-hmm. and then he, she's like no be a lady yeah <laughs> remember that james keep it together okay hey, sorry <laughs> uh because this kind of goes along with did you hear what happened in australia the tragedy the shooting Oh, yeah. In uh, the hostage situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, so then they started a big thing that says, I'll ride with you for all these the Muslims that are too afraid now to come out and take mass transit because people are going to be hurting them or harming them. So there was this big Twitter movement called I'll Ride With You. Yeah. It's cool. Somebody has to start it. Somebody needs to stand up for, for being inclusive and, and remember that most people in the world are good. Yeah. And uh, so I, I try to stand up for the kind kindness whenever I can. And I think it's a beautiful message for what we're about to talk about. 
Oh, yes. Shopping. (laughs) Because when we go shopping, that's when you see the claws come out. And scary, scary people. It's true. It can it can be that way, especially this time of year, which is sad. It is, it is sad, isn't it? Because I think it all starts with Black Friday. It, oh, yeah. Where we throw a few deals out there. But for me, you know, it's all overwhelming. And so I sit down with my wife. In fact, tonight we're supposed to be doing this again <laughs> and talking about the list. Mm-hmm. So how do I not get overwhelmed by the fact that I've got to go to all these stores with all of these people and I've, I've got stuff to buy yeah. stuff I've got to buy. How do I not lose it? Well, I think it starts earlier in their year. If you can, yeah. I think it's always better to kind of keep in the back of your mind throughout the year that you do have this big kind of time coming up at the end of the year. So if you can pick up gifts along the way and, and rid yourself of that anxiety, yeah. that's always a great thing to do. Um, pick up gifts online. Al- Oh, online is a great way to go. Um, but yeah, keep in mind that it's always coming. So I, I like to kind of try and make mental notes of things people say to me throughout the mm-hmm. year, like, oh, I love that, or I've been looking for that. Um, and try and get a lot of stuff out of the way as early as I can just <laughs> to avoid some of the crazy. Um, I'm not a big Black Friday shopper. Ugh. That's not my Ugh. thing because those kind of crowds um, aren't worth it to me for <laughs> the extra $10 yeah. I might save. And I often feel like when people are, are there just for the deals, they may buy things just for the sake of getting a good deal, and they're not really buying it because that's the gift that that person actually really wants. Yeah, yeah they're, dealing, they're deal shopping. Right. And same with Amazon and stuff. Sometimes people get up, and the first thing they do is they check the deal of the day on Amazon, <laughs> which is wonderful. But if you're only buying just because it's on sale... Is it really the right gift for that person? That's a great point. So it may not even be worth it to fight the crowd. So really shop with a purpose, um, but shop with the purpose that the gift is for that actual person. Hey, now shopping shouldn't be a contact sport, right? I mean, it seems like <laughs> no you should way. have your own little space, your own little bubble around you. Definitely. Your safe space. Yes. But sometimes it just gets so – like Toys R Us, let me just tell you because I seem to live there. Toys R Us on about the 23rd of December. Mm-hmm. You're dead. You're dead. Wear a helmet. Yes. And uh, yeah, take it, fluids. Yeah. If you're our, if you're there on the 23rd of December, you've you've already shot yourself in the foot. See, that's my problem. Because you because what you wanted isn't there anymore, no. and then you're then you're just shopping for the yeah, sake. of Then you're of just shopping. buying the next figure that you know they won't like. Yeah. So if you're just spending money for the sake of spending money, there again, you're not really gifting for the right reasons. Right. So you got to get your heart right, right? Yeah, it really should be with a purpose and it really should be for the intention that the person is going to love this gift. Yeah. So if you haven't done the prep work ahead of time, you're probably not going to end up with the result Jeez. you're wanting in the first place. So it does start farther <sighs> back than uh, the week before Christmas. So uh, we are we are a little late to the game on this yeah. conversation, but we can Always remember this for next year, Matt. Yeah, I, the problem is I won't remember it. I'll have to have you back. <laughs> okay. Um, talk about kids because we're going to take – a lot of times you, you have to take the kids with you. Yeah. So what do you do to keep the kids from like begging for a million things and – driving everyone else crazy. How do you deal with that? So for me and my kids, it always starts well before we get into the actual store. It always See, with you – it's always ahead of time. It is. So my kids oh, my, my kids and I have we have a conversation while they are literally a captive audience when they are still buckled <laughs> into yeah, their seatbelts and they seat. cannot get out. And That's it is good. is Do you I'm, want to get out of your mm-hmm. seat? So I turn around and I give them I always tell them where we are and why we're there. And when they are on board and they understand why we're there and what we're there for, yeah. they are 
prone to behaving better. So if I say, hey, guys, we are here. And the reason we're here is because we have to get a gift for dad. And dad really wants this. And this is why he wants it. And I need you to help me find it. And I make them part of the process. That's cool. And so and then we go into the store and they know that. So in a certain store, if it's a store where they can run around and touch things and I'll give them the leeway to do that. But if it's another kind of store where it's a fragile store and they yeah. can't touch things, they know the difference, right? I have never thought, though, how important it is to just tell your kids where we are and, why and what there. our goal is. Right. Like, I just kind of walk in and mine follow me and I'm like, yeah, they might ask, where are we going, Dad? And I'm like, the store. Yeah. Right well, if, they, if they're part of the plan, they're so much better That's at shopping. That's a great idea. So I always tell them why we're going there, what the goal is, and then and then they're part of the process yeah. and they like it. And so, they're less of a problem. Yeah. And they're, and they're be excited to help me find something. So if I tell them what, we're, what it is we're looking for, they're on the lookout for it too. They're That's like, cool. oh yeah, mom, there it is there or it is. whatever. Yeah. So if I make them part of the process, that really helps. If, if, okay, so then say you buy something and you take home a present. How do you – is there – and we've only got a couple, about 30 seconds. How do you hide presents from all of these eyes? So it's got to be somewhere that they're not going to be snooping or yeah. looking around. So for me, that's places they don't go. Those are kind of places like the basement. My kids ah. are terrified of the basement. Well, it's because that, – yeah, that's They're not going to the, go there. That's where the Krampus another, lives. <laughs> another place they're not going to go too often, the laundry room. Uh-huh. That's my space. They sure. don't go in there. So there's certain areas that they just don't go into that I have kind of cabinets and cupboards that they're not going to go into. Um, so those are the places that I hide toys. In the- you could actually hide them out in the open in yeah. some, because sometimes like if you put it by the mop or the broom – yeah. They're not going near that. They're not going near it. Yeah. See? There you go. Those are good ideas. We're going to take a break, come back more with Megan Moore from thebeautysnoop.com. According to Allure Magazine, it's uh, it's one of the top beauty blogger. They won the Beauty Blogger Award. Oh! They're the real deal, my friends, and they're in in studio right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, continue this discussion about shopping. You know, how to not cram it all into a day, how to look for certain deals, what to watch out for. Just giving you some shopping tips from a pro. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Santa baby, slip a sable under the tree for me. Being an awful good girl, Santa baby. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about shopping. Holidays, Christmas shopping, you got to get it done, right? So how do you do it without, you know, losing a child uh, or other problems? We brought in Megan Moore to help us. Megan uh, owns her own hair salon, Moore Hair Design in Salt Lake City, and is the writer behind the award-winning beauty blog, thebeautysnoop.com. Uh not not to be not to be mistaken for Snoop Doggy Dog no. dot blog dot com. No, I wish I yeah. wish Snoop was was behind the blog with me. That would be pretty cool. You know what? This is even better than that. The Beauty Snoop dot com. Um, here's the deal, Megan. Teach us. Um, okay, can't now. We have a deal where uh, I've got about three hours in me to yeah. shop. At which point. My body just starts coming apart like a really bad Barbie doll. (laughs) So how do we cram it all in? 
I would suggest don't try and cram it all in. Um, I think the the better way to go is to shop with a purpose. Yeah, plan ahead. Plan ahead. Shop with a purpose, and so that it can be really done quickly. I think um, more trips and have them be shorter trips is more efficient. There you go. When you try and do everything in one big long day, you end up being grumpy oh, and yeah. tired yeah. and hungry. Yeah, and you kind of end up like aimlessly wandering around (laughs) and you buy just for the sake of buying. Often you forget stuff too. So then you're going to go back again. You're going to go back anyway. You got to get the batteries. Right. So if you go in with kind of shorter trips and you're more efficient on those trips, um, you're going to get a happier experience. You're going to get things done more efficiently and you're just going to have a better overall But if you know what you want, then Mm -hmm. it's a hunt, right? Then you just got to go in, right? you find it and you take the shot. Boom. It's yours. Absolutely. And if you know know where you're going, if you know the store and you know the mall and you can kind of hit things systematically instead of just kind of like sometimes you get into a mall and you don't know where you're at and you end up going back and forth and wasting a lot of mileage just walking past things that you've already walked past a bunch of times. That just waste time. Yeah. So if you really can go in with a game plan and do it in a shorter amount of time more efficiently, you will enjoy shopping that much more yeah. because you'll have just accomplished it so much easier. Well, and it seems like if, if you if you pass something on the way in and you're like, never, I'd never but, but you know, you've been there so long that that starts to look good. Mm-hmm. Then you probably extended your stay too long, right? If you just start spending money just for the sake of spending it, <laughs> you're you're done, right? And yeah. like I said, you're just giving presents for the sake of giving presents, and it's no longer for that actual person. So I think going in, you know, two hours is probably really the max that you should yeah. be shopping, oh, yeah. um, especially with children. Really, beyond two hours, you're pushing it, and you're just going to end up frustrated. So really, set a limit for yourself, and then keep to that limit because like everybody's that. going to be happier in the long run. So what do you, what do you do? Okay. Here's the deal. So I have this friend that I'm married to (laughs) and a lot of times I don't know what to get her Mm -hmm. and I've, I've listened, but she doesn't leave a lot of clues because when she wants something, she just kind of gets it. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I've tried the coupon book. Yeah. Just make her some coupons. Yeah. I've tried, but what I usually end up doing, and again, it's the day before. Christmas. I go in, I look at the mannequins, and if I find the mannequin attractive, I buy whatever it's wearing. Okay. Does she and then respond I call my well wife. to that? She has. And then I have, to, I have to call my daughter, and then my daughter tells me the sizes. Mm-hmm. And I take pictures of it, and I send it to her. And then she's like, yeah, don't do that one. Do this one. And then I take it, and I wrap it, and I give it to my wife. And then she opens it, and she likes it, and then she takes it back and gets the right size. Well, I That's would- our holiday. Okay, so so, so that's okay. I mean, that's better than some guys do. I mean, I think taking the pictures and getting help from the daughters, those are that's great. That's huge. You the- need a daughter. By the way, if you need a daughter, I have a daughter. I'll give you her number and yeah. you can call her. Yes, that's a great option. And I get texts from both my parents and my in-laws so doing helpful, the same thing. Yeah, you have a good eye. Yeah, asking for help is a bonus. If you don't have an, a, a, a kid that you can ask... You know, make the salespeople your advocates. There's a good idea. Yeah. So they know the store, they know the merchandise, and they're going to be, if you go in there and you make them your advocate by first giving them a compliment and treating them kind. That's right. If you haven't worked in retail, let me tell you, it is very hard. Oh, especially right now. It's got to be in there. It is not fun. So if you go in there and you're kind to them and ask them for genuine suggestions and help, usually you'll get it. So make them your your advocate and say, hey, look, I'm looking for 
for a gift. Can you please help me? And usually they will. That's cool. They will go and help you if looking back stock. There might be something that's back there that you didn't see. So that's always a great option. And ask because it might just be back ask, there. Definitely. And a lot of times what will happen is say you're say you're at Best Buy or whatever and you're looking in, in, in the TVs and you're like, the TV I want is not right here because maybe it's in a specialty display somewhere else mm-hmm. and they'll know where that is. And sometimes... You know, just to make life easier, ask somebody. So make them your advocate. That really does help. Um, so I would suggest that for sure. The other thing that I would say is if it's somebody that's got everything, yeah. instead of just giving them a gift that's Another a tangible thing, thing I, I really love the gift of an experience. So instead of giving them something, yeah. give them something to do. So this, A concert or an activity. Yeah. Or, that's cool. So this is something that, again, might take a little bit more planning, but... Sites like Groupon, those are a great place to look for these. But there's so many great things out there. Like you guys could do as a date night. Yeah. Um, there's something going around right now that's really huge. I don't know if you've heard about it, but called Paint Night. No. Where you go and it's paintball. No, it's oh, it, you learn how to paint a canvas. Oh, it's really? It's really cool. And they and it's there's an art instructor. They're very qualified. And you go with other people, so you meet other couples. There's singles that are going to meet each Jeez, other. That's and, cool. And you get to learn how to recreate an actual like really nice masterpiece like usually it'll be like a van gogh painting it's a real painting and they teach you very step by step how to do it and it's this great night there's food and so an experience something um fly fishing lessons golf lessons ballroom dance whatever it is so an experience is a great thing to give somebody that just goes out and buys it because i have that problem with my in-laws or my parents you know you get to a certain point in life you can pretty much buy whatever you want anyway so you're filthy rich right you know so give an experience if you can't give them something that they really need. Anyway. I love that idea. And that's and and then you can both benefit. And yeah. you can even afford to spend more because it's also a date night and it's an event yeah. and it's that's and it's cool. and it's exciting to think, well, you know, you've given her a lot of outfits or you've given her, you know, like my husband loves books and I'm, you know, and he genuinely loves it. But I get sick of giving him books. Yeah. I, I really do. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is boring for me to give. Let me, yeah. Let, let's do something different. So instead, you know, giving him a set of three golf lessons, that's exciting for me to give and it's exciting for him to receive. That's so cool. it just is it just is a new kind of gift that you might not have thought of, but it's just a, it's a fun thing to do. And often you can shop for those online and you don't even have to go to the mall. Oh, I which love is that idea. And you're sharing it too. So that's yeah. twice the fun. Right? Yes. An experience is something you remember a lot more than a yeah. book or a shirt or what, whatever. Where should we be going for the deals? I mean, how do you get a deal anymore if it's, you know, if it doesn't hit you in the face? Yep. Absolutely online. Groupon is still a great one. Living Social, all those deal sites still exist. Um, a lot of the websites themselves will have the deals on their own websites. So if you, if you know of a company Company like that, you know, go on the go, go on the golf website itself and see if they offer their own deals because often they will because then they don't have to split a cut. Right. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of places that you can go for those deals. And often, if you pair together with other groups, you can negotiate deals too. So, say maybe you want to do it with you want to do a paint night with all of your brothers and oh, that's sisters. Cool. Yeah. A big and party. if there's ten of you, you can negotiate a deal. So that's another option. That's a great one to think about too. So. There's lots of deals out there. Is it is it crazy for me to think um, like it seems like going to a beauty – what's it called? Like you go to Nordstrom mm-hmm. or you go and, and you walk in and there's those counters where they're doing makeup and all that stuff. 
I would never go there. Like, cause, or any, I wouldn't go by my wife. Anything really nice, because I'm afraid without her being there. Should we be afraid? No, absolutely like, not. I guess you ask them, but then they're selling you on everything. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to beauty products, the gifts that are the best are the ones that are the splurge products. Because here's the thing. Lotion, you know, yeah. that's about as sexy as toothpaste. You said I'm, it. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that's a necessity, and that's a gift that I see people give a lot. And I'm going to tell you right now, stop giving yeah. lotion. It's just, <laughs> it's got to stop. Dig deeper. Because here's the thing. It's like, you have to buy that anyway, and you're going to buy it for yourself. If you're going to give a beauty gift, I would suggest it needs to be something that's more luxurious, something that they wouldn't buy themselves. Okay, let me, okay. but not like something that takes your wife's facial hair off because that's like offensive like a razor right. it can't yes because <laughs> you're telling her okay i didn't want to say anything sasquatch but yes you got a lot of facial hair. it can't be right it can't be practical okay it has to be luxurious there's a difference okay, right explain so, the difference so practical is like to take your facial hair off right it can't be for a use yeah. that's like oh actually you know really here is a waxing kit like that that can't be it it has to be something that's that's something that they would love to have but they wouldn't normally splurge on mm. it themselves yeah. okay so it does have to be at a higher price point to make it like feel luxury and they wouldn't normally buy it so it can't be lotion because that's not expensive enough and it can't be you know a waxing yeah. kit so there's a fine uh, balance so, so if you're worried about that make the salespeople, your advocate, and yep. ask them, say, I want to splurge on something beautiful for my wife. What's a bestseller? And that's one of the easiest ways to get something that she'll like is go for the bestseller. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's marketed. It's out there. Right. Popular. Other people love it. That means she'll most likely love it. And the great thing is with a Nordstrom counter or a Sephora, anywhere that's a high-end beauty company like that, they will always let you return those products. Oh, so will. if she tries it and doesn't love it, doesn't mean she has to keep it. And it's full of hair, facial hair. <laughs> hey, she can always bring it back. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask you two gifts that we've talked about on the show before. Okay. I just, I'm going to run them by you. Okay. And I just want to get your gut. Okay. Uh, gift number one, um, I once received a nose hair clipper. Okay. What do you think? Um, I, I received it. From and, who? Uh, my wife. For Christmas? Probably. Let me just tell you, I was offended. Okay. Did you tell her that? Yeah. I held her down and I clipped her nose hair. Um, yeah, I, that's uh, offensive. Honestly, I, I, I think that is, I think that is a little offensive for a Christmas. I just wanted her to hear that. It's too practical. Again, it's not a gift that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like something that you would want that, because to me, a gift is something you wouldn't buy for yourself, right? A gift is something that is like, oh, this is wonderful to have, like excitement. You were thinking of me. It's not logical. (laughs) It's not practical. It's something that you would splurge on. Right. And so. For me, that's that is that would be offensive, okay. and it wouldn't be fun to receive. Yeah. I hope okay, I'm unless you asked for it. No, you know? no, I didn't. So yeah, I no, didn't. sorry. I feel here's the, the same second way one. We've okay. debated this one on the show quite a bit. Okay, um, but let me just fill you in. So this was provide. This was we have a guy on the show who has a, has a friend named um, Malala. Okay, ish, and um, he. They they like to cook. Okay. Together. Okay. And I'm I'm literally mean cook. And um they guess what he bought her? He bought her 
a knife set. Mm-hmm. Knives. Yeah. Two, I think. Stainless steel. Okay. Now, she's lost two fingers. We won't go there. <laughs> it's a different problem. Different story. Good gift. Um, I'm going to say... It seems practical. It seems practical. Okay. The funny part of this answer is that I asked for a knife set for Christmas this Did very really? year. Boom. Um, James, she didn't know it was you. But, <laughs> but, but that, she thought it was romantic. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, you're romantic. Okay. So she probably wouldn't have spent that much money on herself. Yeah. And that's why. If it was a knife set that cost $200, $300. Probably. Then it's probably a romantic gift because she wouldn't have spent that much money no. on herself. If she was going out to buy knives for herself, she maybe would have spent maybe sixty bucks. She's like, "Oh, I'll get a medium, you know, yeah. kind of." I wouldn't do this myself. She wouldn't splurge. But if it was a nice gift set, and if he was thinking, "Oh, we do this together," and it's yeah, kind of fun. that's what he was thinking, right? So then it, I think it comes across as a as a great gift. Let me just ask you this because he asked me this earlier: um, would it wouldn't replace a wedding or an engagement ring? The knife set should not supplant or replace a ring if he wants to marry her. No. Okay. Definitely not. Did you hear that, James? <laughs> yeah. So you still have to get her a you ring. You still have to get her a ring. Uh, I don't know the backstory on this, well, but yes, a well, ring is necessary. Here's the crazy for irony. She's already lost her ring finger. So, <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, those so are it's some debatable. Sharp Do I still have knives. to give her a ring? Yeah. Um, yeah, because she could wear it around her necklace. I mean, okay. you got to have a ring. It's a symbol. Yeah. It's a symbol. Okay. And if you, if you like her, then you better put a ring on her. Yep. Oh. bum. <laughs> Megan, you're awesome. Will, will you come back? I would love to come back. We've got to give you like more just go get it topics. Because I've learned to. more in the last half hour about shopping than in my 30 years of shopping. Well, wonderful, Matt. I am glad I could help. I've only shopped 30 years. <laughs> Megan Moore's her name. If you go to the website, thebeautysnoop.com, you can read all about her. She's the bomb de Leon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Megan. Appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to shop. I'm going shopping on the way home. Do it. Put my hair up. Go shopping. <laughs> We're going to take a break, my friends, and uh, talk about when we come back the gift you never got. Every one of us had a gift we thought we were getting, but we never got it. Where'd it go? And how did you handle it? We'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, I uh, just got a memo, uh, a text in from my wife. Apparently, she's listening to the show. And uh, apparently, she sent me an emoticon with a nose and two pairs of scissors. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I love you, honey. Greatest gift ever. Um, today, as we're wrapping up the show, the gift you never got. Everybody has to have had... A gift you knew you were going to get, you thought you were going to get, you asked for, and yet <sighs> never seemed to appear under the tree. Megan Moore is joining us. She's still hanging out with us from the hair salon, uh, Moore Hair Design in Salt Lake City, and she's a writer behind the award-winning beauty blog, thebeautysnoop.com, uh, by the way, elected by Allure and the Matt Townsend Show as the beauty blog of the year. Thank and you. You, I think, Megan, were 
according to our show, you were named the number one beauty writing expert and shopping expert of the Matt Townsend Show for the year of 2014. Thank you so much. What an honor. It's a huge award. In fact, we will be giving you a cookie after the show. Awesome. Ooh, and a, and a uh, musical tribute. Thank yeah. you. By the way, very rare on the show that we actually pull out a musical tribute. That was James doing his job. That's fantastic. So James is also listening. Here's the deal. James, favorite story of the gift that uh, never quite made it. My favorite story of the gift that never quite made it. Um, oh, that's that's a difficult one because, uh, let's see. I wanted a blimp, a remote control blimp once. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Why? I don't know because I went to like a like a jazz basketball game. So you're like, and hey. I saw like the big one yeah. going around. And yeah. I was like, that is so cool, man! So you thought, I could drop things on people. You, you thought all you, could, day. you could work the jazz game? Yeah, exactly. In the blimp. Yeah. See, there, I was thinking forward. I was like, I could get a job with this thing, and you never got it. No, no. Yeah, aren't they like thousands of dollars? Well, there is that. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh well. What, one day. One day. One day. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll even get like a Goodyear blimp. You know, like wow, huge. It was cost like several thousand dollars, though. So yeah, you know, you know what? Uh, uh, my wife would love a blimp. Oh yeah, I bet your girlfriend Malonky would too. Uh, maybe a sandwich from Blimpy. No, just get her a blimp. Okay, <laughs> just see how that goes. Megan, do you have a gift that you thought you were getting? You for, you were sure you were going to get a gift, and it didn't. That gift didn't appear. Yeah, you it, asked for it. Even. Yeah, it did. It did. That did happen to me once. I, I know a friend, a friend I'm married to, yeah, actually. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, yeah, one Christmas. Husband, we call those a husband. <laughs> yeah, my husband, my yeah. sweet husband. Yeah, bless his heart. Uh, we were married. It was early on in our marriage. I think we were only married maybe one or two years. And he gave me for Christmas. Um, there was this huge package under the tree, and I opened it up, and it was a big, huge suitcase. Ooh. And I was like, oh, nice. We're going on a trip. Suitcase, yeah. you know? Yeah. So going on a trip, right? Yeah. It's this huge suitcase. So I'm like, and, you know, waiting for the uh-huh. big, where are we going? And there was nothing. It was, that was it. It was just a suitcase. So I was like 100% sure we were going on a trip. He, he got you a suitcase. Yeah. The first and last time that ever happened. <laughs> Did you take it back? No, but he learned his lesson real quick, that boy did. <laughs> you sound angry. I'm still a little bitter about it because it was like such the, it was like such a buildup. Like who gives you a suitcase with nothing in it and Megan, nowhere to go? You need to let it go. I do because I've been married for 10 years. You would think I would let it go. Oh, by the way, we only have a few more days to use that song. I think we've got 13 more days when we're allowed to use that song. Oh, really? And then it has to be retired? And then I will officially rip it out of that monitor. Oh. <laughs> And burn it. Good to know. I don't know how to do that, <laughs> but it's not like I won't try. Well, that's sad and happy for you because what color was the suitcase? Just because I'm visual. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice suitcase. He, but did it he was just old. not know that you can't just have an empty suitcase? No, he, it was too practical. He's like, I know you need a suitcase, which is true. I did, yeah, you know, because yeah. it, it was that was before we had kids and we did travel a lot, yeah. so I, I needed so a suitcase. You, yeah, yeah. So it was, a, but it was too practical, and but it was, and again, something you would never buy yourself, like you know, right, a suitcase. Right. I'm like, See, it's so boring. He should have put something else in it, like no, a it snake. No, it's completely empty. Not, oh, not even stuffing I'm in it. I'm sorry It was for bad. You. So, yeah. But he's a great guy otherwise. Yeah. And like I said, he learned his lesson. He's never, ever tried anything like that ever again. <laughs> All my gifts from then forward were very luxurious. And yeah. I, you know. Well, you know what I learned? Um, a woman, <laughs> nothing a woman loves more than a vacuum. Oh, yeah. So. That's a great one. And my mom uh, has an in with Hoover vacuum. 
So, you know, a lot of times I'll just spring for a vacuum. <laughs> that wins points. And then I like to put it, the vacuum in a suitcase. There you go. And then put it under the tree. <laughs> See? Double, double use. Uh, Sean, favorite gift you never got? Actually, uh, my mother and I have argued over this. Uh, oh, for is she a listening? Of years. I don't know if she's listening. You might listening want to check. Um, but she always said that I, I never said I got, a, I got any Tinker Toys. Really? For Christmas, yeah, when I was a kid. She said when you in, didn't. When but... in actuality, I was asking for Lincoln Logs. Because oh, I got Tinker Toys. Yeah, that's disappointing. When I was 15. Wow. But, a little too yeah. late. <laughs> because of this argument. Yes. <laughs> but I actually wanted the Lincoln Logs. And so, yeah. Man. You should give her some for Christmas this year. No. <laughs> hey, um, one time I was rifling through my mom's closet during the Christmas season. And um, interestingly, I found a lot of presents. Guess she's been stashing presents there for years, and found a bag with what looked like a seat. You know, because it had a little thing you could spin and and uh, like a seat, like for like a. I wanted a drum set, so I thought that was the seat for the drum set. And then I saw some drumsticks. <laughs> so I'm like, my mom bought me a drum. My mom bought me a drum set. Yeah. Because I'm going to be a drummer. Yeah. And so I was psyched. And when she was gone, I'd take my drumsticks out and play with my drumsticks. <laughs> and I'd just play them all over. And then when she'd get home, because she would work all day, and then I'd put them back in the bag. She didn't know. Getting a drum set. Then I found a book. I found a drum book. How wow. old were you? When was this? I was 28. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was probably 12. Long story short, went home. I mean, Christmas morning, looking for the drum set, looking for the drum set. Can't find the drum set. They're probably in the garage. They're not in the garage. Can't find them. Can't find them. All it was was a practice pad, Ugh. not a seat, a practice pad, oh, no. and some drumsticks and a, a book that, and my mom said, yeah, as soon as you can get through that book and show me you really want to play drums, then I'll get you a drum set. Wow. Oh, I know. The heartache. Do you know how much therapy that took? Maybe that's that. the reason you went into psychology. That's exactly why. And that's why I quit drumming. You're like, I'll show you. That's why you. I don't like Christmas and the drummer boy either. <laughs> the kid drives me crazy. He's a spoiled brat. Megan Moore, thanks for joining us. Thank you. You're awesome. And again, folks, uh, we're here again tomorrow. More tools, more ideas to help you out uh, during this holiday season. One quote for you on the way out. The best paths in life are rarely the easiest, according to Carlos A. Godoy. Again, tomorrow, more holiday help will be here. Folks, thanks for joining us again. Look for the good. Remember, it's everywhere. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.